This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, in all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. You guys, welcome to whatever episode this is of Dunzo. It is me, Troy McGeady, and this has been such a long time coming. It feels really special that we're doing this this week. I'm very excited. I am joined by a guest that you may remember from my Britney album review episode. Um, we recorded on stereo, which feels like a million years ago. I'm joined by my friend Michael. Now I feel like I'm going to fuck it up. I'm going to fuck up your last name. That's okay. It's Dozier. 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 Yes. Oh my no God. Worries. <laughs> I must have called you like the French version of your name the last time you were here. I think we were going by my stage name last time, Johnny oh, Darwin. We did. Yes, we yes. Did. So we did. yes, but I am I am Michael Dozier and Troy. I am honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. I'm gonna give praise to you for please coming up with the idea to do this episode together. Of course, I've always wanted to do crossroads, but like the time just never felt right. Oh, by the way, we're mm-hmm. talking about crossroads. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, I do this every week. I've done it for five years. Like I host a podcast, I promise you. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're talking about crossroads, and it was your idea to do this, and it just feels it just feels perfect. Like I'm just mm-hmm. really, really excited to like finally get into this. Me too. And I just want to say, like, I am not um immune to understanding how important this is. Like it's such a specific accomplishment of Britney's and I treat it with the reverence that it deserves. It's one of my favorite movies. And so thank you for letting me be the guy to dissect <laughs> Crossroads on Dunzo. Um, it's not lost on me that that's an honor. So thank you for having me. <laughs> well, listen, I'm not gonna lie to you. It is an honor. It's a big deal. <laughs> I will not even be humble about it. It's a big deal. It is. It is. It's a big deal. <laughs> I couldn't think of a better person to do it with. I wanted to do it with somebody that I felt respected the movie in like an authentic way, but also can like joke about it. And I feel like you have a real, like you and I come at this movie, I feel in like very similar ways. I think so too. I also, it's like amazing too that I was your um, guest for the Britney album because like all this stuff was happening at once. So it feels like we're going, it's like we're picking up where we left off, which is so special. I'm just like time traveling right back (laughs) to our last uh, episode. So it's perfect. It's actually so true because when she's saying not a girl, not yet a woman, I thought about you. When she's saying I love rock and roll, I thought about you. I was like, well, it would only make sense that we're doing this because it is like a continuation of our other episode. 
Totally, a million percent. I thought about you as well and all of our like thoughts about the Britney album. And I remember, just to give you a little context, like at okay. our, during our Britney episode, I remember being a little surprised that I didn't have like overwhelming enthusiasm for every song. Like I had kind of remembered it as a masterpiece of my youth and then like mm-hmm. revisiting it, I um, still loved the highs, but then the lows felt like, I guess, lower to me than I remembered. And I was nervous about talking about those with you. And then after I pitched Crossroads to you over Instagram, I immediately was filled with the same fear that I would have the same experience with Crossroads because I told you it was like unironically a favorite of mine, but I hadn't seen it in a few years now. So I was really scared I would have a similar experience watching Crossroads as say like re-listening to like Cinderella, you know? And <laughs> yes, and I I I will uh I'll save my reaction to when we get into the movie, but um yeah, so but I I understood the levity of the discussion. Let's just say that. I can't even believe that you use Cinderella as the example because you have to understand that that has haunted me. And like people still message me about it where they're like, I can't believe the way that you treated that song. And I listened back and I was like, I was really like undeservingly cruel to that song like for no reason like you would have thought it was like the soda pop of the album and it's like a perfectly fine song like I, I'll never get over that honestly no it was so, so perfect because I I knew the fandom for this is gonna be like the Cinderella episode on accident but I knew <laughs> the fan. <laughs> I knew the fandom was strong for Cinderella. And so like I started my thing of Cinderella being like, I loved it. And then like, but I I was not lying, but I was uh, not telling the total truth. And your points were so salient that I was like, no, Troy is, Troy is right. It is all these things. So we were on the same page about Cinderella, but um, I think we'll be on the same page about Crossroads as well. Yeah, so tell me before we get into the movie and just so everybody knows, so we're not going to be doing like a, a bit by bit every single scene review just because I feel like you and I will have so much to talk about mm-hmm. that trying to we all know what happens in the movie Crossroads at this point mm-hmm. it's insulting right so let's yeah. just like talk what I did was break I break my ugh, I broke my notes down into three different acts so I broke it down into pre-road trip mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. during the road trip Mm-hmm. and then post road trip so like perfect when they get to LA yes because I just feel like that's like those are the acts right <laughs> those are the acts that is act one two and three of this perfectly constructed three act film <laughs> like it I studied screenwriting in undergrad and let me just say this thing it would be the easiest script to lay out on a screenwriting format page like it hits all the beats at the exact right time so yes that is perfect act one two and three Okay, so tell me your Crossroads journey. Like, tell me, like, when you saw the movie for the first time, like, the whole thing. The whole thing. Okay, I would love to. I was, uh, Crossroads immediately makes me have love in my heart for my parents because I was 10 when Crossroads came out. And as we all know, Crossroads was rated Crossroads was rated PG-13 by the MPAA. Mm. And my parents really, really trusted the MPAA. I I was, we followed their rules to a T. Wow, tea. okay. Um, yeah, so I did not see, and the plan was for me to never see a PG-13 movie until I was 13. However, 
I was able to see Crossroads at 10. And I think it is because my parents just knew that the bond between me and Britney Spears was bigger than the MPAA, bigger than their moral morality, bigger than Christianity, like bigger right. than all of it. Like it was just, it's like my dad with like Bono, like I'll never, ever, ever say a bad word about Bono, even if like he releases an album that I can't help but have on my phone. And it's like frustrating. I'll just be right. like, thank you so much for the gift because I know that like that's his guiding light in life and they knew that Britney was mine so they broke their own rules I saw it at 10 and my second you know kind of follow-up thought with that was that like I loved it at the time but it was PG-13 for a reason and I felt it even at 10 it felt like a lot to process um, as a 10 year old who saw crossroads. Um, I had, I had follow-up questions and I was still dwelling on it for um, a long time. It like, it touched me. It touched me a lot at the time. Um, yeah. What about you, Troy? Well, first of all, I think that that's a really great, it, it is a heavy movie. Like yes, it's heavy. And I always forget that it's heavy until I watch it. And I'm like, oh yeah. Like the whole third act is actually like pretty intense. Yeah. And people don't ever really talk about that. And we will today. Um, yes. The first time I saw Crossroads, of course, I, you know, I dragged my mom. My mom was like my Britney, just like, you have to do all this shit with me. You know what I mean? Um, And we went to the theater, we saw it together and I'll never forget. I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but I'm like in the theater having this like completely out of body experience, like just cannot believe I'm seeing Britney on such a giant screen. She's acting. Yes. Turn around. And the literal bully from my high school is finger banging his girlfriend <gasps> in the far back of the theater. Like truly, <laughs> you want to talk about duality, light and dark, yin and yang, happy and sad, good and bad. Like, I was like, you have got to be fucking kidding me. I was mortified. I, I am mortified i am shocked i'm scandalized (laughs) that is too much for one kid to go through in one evening were you able to watch the movie or were you distracted i was able to watch the movie i definitely remember talking to my mom and being like uh can we talk about what's happening back there but like let's not talk about it at the same time right Uh, (laughs) and i'll just always have that memory like i don't think about that person all year except for when I remember that we saw Crossroads together. It's something about it being the bully too. Cause it's not just like, it's a friend you can be like, oh, they're having their like, you know, first sort of little experience at the same time that we're watching Lucy, you know, have hers. It's like, it's like, it's your, it's, it's like your enemy from school is like just getting lucky behind you during it your too moment. Layered. Yeah. It felt too nuanced to be honest. Yeah. I was like, mm. and also I was like, you clearly snuck in. Right. Oh, don't God. like that so either. They, so they weren't even like it. It wasn't even like they were enjoying the movie at first, and it just turned a certain way. It's like they were just looking for a place to do that, and <laughs> yeah. they chose the screening of Crossroads that Britney's biggest fan was. <laughs> that sucks. That her bodyguard level <laughs> fan was sitting like 
you know, a couple seats in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> no, I am so sorry for that experience. I assume you, I assume you rewatched it when it came out on DVD. And so, okay, so you, yeah. you, okay, good, good, good. All right. Yeah, this is definitely a movie that I've, and I, I want to know if you had this experience too. Um, as a kid, there's a handful of movies that I remember owning and having a very, like, intense relationship with because I owned them so like mm-hmm. the comment and this was like the dvd era mm-hmm. so you would just dive in the commentary mm-hmm. the behind the scenes the like music videos that were on the dvd taryn manning like teaching you how to make shirts from the karaoke yes. scene and like all that stuff yes the the special features yes yeah the special features i remember looking at like being in a dvd store and like looking in the back to see what special features were listed on all of my um, potential per- purchases. So right. I, but I don't remember the Crossroads ones. They sound pretty good. So they were pretty, pretty good. They were good. There was a couple behind the scenes, like filming of Crossroads moments, but like the true shining and there was a edit your own music video. Yes. Bonus. Yes. So it was like, oh make my God. your own, not a girl, not yet a woman. And it was all this bonus footage that wasn't in the actual video. Okay. So you can like put it together and like make your own version of the video, which was nice. crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. That's I so- know. And the the tr- the crowning jewel, the true moment was like Taryn Manning would teach you how to DIY the shirts from the karaoke scene. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I almost like <laughs> I almost like fainted. <laughs> that was overwhelming. I know. Because there's, it's so hard to find Crossroads related media on, and like, so like what happened to my face just now was I was filled with like a rush of desperation <laughs> to find that video and then realization yeah. that I never will unless I like <laughs> order the DVD and a DVD player. Because right. like, I, <laughs> that's so perfect. And I have such love in my heart for Taryn Manning right now, having just watched this movie that I would love nothing more than to hang out with Crossroads era Taryn Manning, explain Crossroads to me. Oh, Michael, we're going to have so many Taryn Manning conversations about yes. that, just so you're fully aware. Like, Can't wait. N- sh- nobody can make me cry on the spot like Taryn Manning. My oh God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, seriously. I, I, have, I have thoughts. I have thoughts. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, well, I figured, you know, I could open up the episode by doing a little housekeeping. Please. For all not familiar with this movie, what are you doing here? But also, hi, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, Crossroads was released on February 15th of 2002. It was directed by Tamara Davis and written by Shonda Rhimes. It stars Britney Spears, uh, Anson Mount, Zoe Saldana, Taryn Manning, Kim Cattrall, and Dan Aykroyd. It is directed by a woman, produced by a woman, written by a woman, casted by a woman, it stars almost entirely women, which is incredible. And uh, yeah, I figured we could start by, I mean, I guess I'll give a quick little summary of what this movie is Please. about. yeah. So it's a movie about these three childhood friends who bury a box together and they promise that on the night of their high school graduation, they'll dig, or is it prom? I think it's it's like one of those like movie things where I think it's like both graduation and prom on right. the same night or it's like graduation then like an after party at the country club or something. Cause <laughs> <Right>. it, <laughs> yeah, because like, we definitely see them graduate, but that same night Brittany goes to the, yeah, yeah. So we're like both. when we're 18 and we're at prom and then we do our after party at the <laughs> hotel, we'll come back and they like do. Do, uh, yes. <laughs> 
but so these three girls they dig up the box and they reconnect um by basically going on this road trip that they planned as as uh i'm ruining this i don't do summaries <laughs> no you're you're not ruining this at all <laughs> okay yeah they reconnect via this box and they decide that they're going to go on a cross-country road trip together to california to start a recording contract with a uh, a record label from a, a radio contest or something, mm-hmm. right? Like slide records, slide yeah. records. Yes, is, is hosting some kind of contest. And and uh, let's see, I, I always call people by their actor names, but um, Mimi, Taryn Manning's character is the one who has the flyer and originally kind of has the, the dreams of being a, a pop star. And then um, Kit and Lucy, find their own reasons to go on the on the trip uh, uh, additionally to wanting to be musicians <laughs> right wanting to be famous pop stars on MTV <laughs> right. um yeah and i guess you know we do kind of have to discuss the fact that at this time like this is the height the peak the tip of the mountain of Britney Spears mania um <laughs> And I guess you could say that about different times in her life, Britney Spears mania in quotes, but like Mm -hmm. as an artist, like as a pop star, not as like a tabloid fixture, but more so just like as a powerful artist in the world, like Forbes most powerful person kind of gig. This is like a crazy time. It's insane. So the dates are that Britney, the album comes out October 31st, 2001. The Dream Within a Dream tour starts the next day, November 1st, 2001. And Crossroads comes out February 15th, 2002. So this is like, yeah, isn't that crazy? That's one thing I was thinking. I was like, she was so busy. Like this is, this is high. It's like inappropriately busy given all the, all that she had to do to promote all of these things. So yeah, this is peak Britney for sure. Psychotic. And I just remember like being young and, and you know, the the marketing of this movie just like being everywhere. Yes. There's so many sponsored products in the film. So like all of those sponsors led to like Britney advertisements for, you know, herbal essences and all these different things. Um, and I also remember like the tour, you know, very much being sort of like, a part of this movie and the movie being yes. a part of the tour and like the whole thing and totally and, you know all the merch stuff saying like go see my my first future film crossroads like it just takes you to a time it's right i'm just thinking about like not a girl not yet a woman undream within a dream like scenes from crossroads are playing in the background on those yeah. little tvs and like what <laughs> i do remember my dream within a dream dvd the back of the insert of that was just a big old like crosswords poster and it was like mm-hmm. out out in February or whatever. So it just, it, they were just like really like releasing this shit so quickly. Like even as a kid, I was like, why do I have this DVD of this tour that's happening right now? And it's like- <laughs> That I just, you know, it's so weird. <laughs> like I had the DVD before I saw the tour myself live. So it's just like, they were just really pumping out the Britney content. And for people like you and me, like we devoured all of it. So this just feels like a year or two of our lives that was like just about Britney Spears. Yeah, and it felt like a time where they could do stuff like that and it wasn't so obnoxious because we didn't have the internet to like really have us, we're not, we weren't really aware of how much content we really were having shoved in our faces. Like you weren't aware of it. So it's like you just bought the things. Like that's just how it felt when you were, 
you know, during this time when you supported a pop star, you just bought whatever. You bought That's whatever right. album they put out. If it was a single, you buy you buy a physical copy of the single. Like yeah. if they were in a movie, you just went and saw it. You just supported them. That's right. That's right. It was simple. It was expensive. It was, um, it was, <laughs> that's what it was. And, and she was, she was it. And she, she, she delivered. This is a lot of, a lot of content to devour at once. Yeah. And I also always say um, in my conversations that I've had about different female pop stars, obviously the moment where a female pop star who's on top of the world decides to do a film is a major turning point in anybody's career. And like, that can be make or break. It can be such a major, huge moment. It can be, I always say, obviously, Whitney Houston is like mm. the the crowning jewel. That's like what you hope to accomplish every time something like this happens. But like, you know, and I think it's cool that Britney didn't do a version of A Star is Born because she very could have, you yeah. know? Absolutely. That's actually one of my like points is that like whatever you feel about Crossroads, it's like a brave, it was a brave movie for Britney to do because she's not just playing um, a character that is super duper 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 like herself. There are obviously parallels and I think most of the parallels are like deep um, mm-hmm. and not, but they're not, they're not surface level. It's like she's playing like a nerd <laughs> and she's playing a high schooler. She's playing someone that's insecure. Like in some of these things may be true about Britney's internal life at the time, of course, but mm-hmm. um, she's not playing like a, a pop star. It's not a Spice World situation. It's not a Hard Day's Night situation. It's not even like a um, eight mile situation. It's like, it's, it's a, it's a movie. It's a screenplay first capital M movie. Yeah. And before we, so I I definitely want to do like a character breakdown for everybody in the movie. Um, but before we get into that, obviously we have to talk about the fact that this is a movie that Britney came up with the concepts for on her own. Um, and she's always been, well, she was very proud of that when the movie was being, uh, like promoted that she, came up with these ideas and basically she wrote them down and her team reached out to a bunch of people and said who can make this exact movie that Britney Spears has basically written and Shonda Rhimes was like I can do it mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. just so iconic like I cannot believe that Shonda Rhimes did Britney's first film it's it just fills me with I've, I'm like I'm freezing cold I'm like covered in chills it's so <laughs> it's it's so perfect and like yeah it's so perfect someone's twitter handle is like Shonda Rhimes wrote crossroads and I don't I, remember, I don't remember who it is but like that's so iconic because it's just it's too perfect not to just make it your identity right and it's also just so like like that's how I knew who she was like I knew her as yeah the person who made crossroads and also all those other things totally Totally. (laughs) um well let's get into a little bit of a character breakdown let's talk about these amazing characters obviously starting with Brittany aka Lucy who as you mentioned is written to sort of be like a nerd on paper um she's very introverted and her identity is very wrapped up in the fact that she is the valedictorian of her Mm -hmm. school and that she overachieves um she's someone who has is described herself as like didn't go to parties mm-hmm. she doesn't really have any friends she's extremely sheltered um and yeah I think that there's some undeniable comparisons between her life uh very specifically her relationship with her father I mean this movie I mean I know it was when he says to her 
um, didn't we work so hard to achieve this after her valedictorian speech? And not to jump too much ahead, but I'm basically describing a scene where Brittany is like, she's the valedictorian of her school and she's done the thing at the graduation. I assume she spoke, even though that's not a scene that is shown, but she's right. afterwards, she is, you know, crying on her bed and she, you know, talks to her dad about how she feels like she just hasn't lived much of a, a life yet. And like she, her, she's watched as her friends and classmates have partied and had fun and had experiences that teenagers should have. And she has not had that. And her dad says to her, but didn't we work so hard for this? And it mm -hmm. works. It gets her to kind of like calm, like not calm down, but like it gets her to be like, yeah, you're right. You're right. And it's, it, it, it creeped me out for sure, given how the story yeah. has played out. And like, yeah. of course you can't help but wonder like how much of that was intentional on her part and like how much of it just sort of happened to be. But like, we know that Brittany was very much involved in the creation of this story and mm -hmm. Shonda Rhimes has always said like that she was very much allowed Britney to be involved and use her voice and she came up with so many of the concepts so like that's a, that's wild it's 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 beyond and and those themes kind of like keep coming back throughout the movie um it, yeah it, it's it's there long before we knew it was there you know even if Britney yeah. didn't even if Britney didn't like open final draft and type out this script, you know, it does seem like Shonda was kind of like interpreting Britney's desires for this movie through her, like as a conduit of the Britney Spears uh, movie that she wanted to make. And it's all there, you know? Right. Yeah. And she is estranged from her mother um, who, you know, all she knows basically is that her mom left when she was a child and that she's going to, stop in Arizona on their way to California and rekindle this relationship and it looks like she thinks she's gonna like like move in or something like she just like has all this stuff with her to like stay in the house I was like holy <laughs> shit I've never really thought about it until like I'm not kidding until today I was like I know Does she have bags <laughs> Troy, we had the exact same. I watched Across Worlds twice to prepare for this. And the first time I took notes, so I wasn't super duper like tuned in. But then the second time I watched Strictly for Pleasure and I could not believe Brittany was carrying around like a massive suitcase while she's like talking. <laughs> I was like, this is, this makes it so much more heartbreaking. I like, know. She, and she told her friends like, just go out, like, I'll be fine. Like I'm, I'm, this is my stop, you know? And she's like, I'm like, going to my mom's house. Hello girls, come on. And, the, and she basically walks in and she's like, which room is mine? Like, you know what I mean? She's like, I have brothers? It's like, right. oh, baby girl. I know. When. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's Taryn Manning, who plays Mimi, who is truly just the, the heart of this movie, in my opinion. Come on, yes. She's yes. just your classic run-of-the-mill teen movie, like, around-the-way girl She's described as trailer park trash. And they establish really quickly at school that she's like also promiscuous. Like she's hooked up with a lot of guys allegedly. She quote gets around. Um, yeah, we're just like sort of led to believe that she has a very classic in quotes trailer park trash story. And mm -hmm. she's also pregnant and she's, mm -hmm. you know, about to graduate and she's pregnant. And yeah, what do you think about Mimi? Mimi is uh, amazing and there's uh, Taryn Manning 
it gives such a nuanced performance, um, especially when we talk about a little later what she's balancing in regards to both trying to like protect and warn Kit of like the life that might be ahead of her while mm -hmm. also not like talking about what happened to her for, you know, any number of reasons. And it's just like, it's just so beautifully performed. I left this movie with like such a soft spot for Taryn Manning as like a tour de force talent. Like what a performance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was totally, it was so yeah. obvious. Like, I was like, wow, it's so clear that these girls go on to like have huge careers in acting. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, it's so obvious that they just are born to be doing this. Because- I couldn't agree more. Also, let's, let's talk about Zoe Saldana actually. So she mm -hmm. plays Kit, and I wrote in my notes that Kit is the girl that Beyonce has actually written like twelve different songs about. Is nasty, one of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nasty school and life, pretty hurts. Yeah. Like yes. she really is. You know, she's a classic sort of Regina George in this universe pageant girl. She's wealthy. You know, she's very pretty. She's the most popular girl at their school. She's mean, she's narcissistic, she's cruel. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, from the top to bottom, she prides herself on being in a relationship with this guy that she thinks is, like, the greatest thing ever. He lives in UCLA, or he he's going to UCLA, and uh, she believes that she's engaged to this amazing, amazing boy that's faithful to her in college while she's in high school. Yes, she really does believe that. Um, she stresses how much she believes that several times in the course of the <laughs> uh, in the course of the pre road trip section of the movie. Um, right. Yes, a lot of ring showing, a lot of a um, lot of talk of him. Yes, so and she and that's kind of like her goal. Like when they when they kind of when they reveal this the sort of thing that kind of like is driving them as characters. Um, that goes that goes back to what they put in the box as kids. It's like she always wanted to like get married. And so she's making it happen as, as 17 or 18. She like the plan is in motion. She's engaged. Right. Mm -hmm. She's got a lot of hand stuff happening. <laughs> a lot of hand moments. A lot of wiggling of the fingers. She's really showing <laughs> off her little diamond. Um, yep. Yep. We also have uh, Ben, mm -hmm. and Ben is like classic late 90s, early 2000s, like misunderstood alternative rock hot guy, you know, like yes. he is incredibly influenced by like Incubus and has decided to make it his entire identity, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he, <laughs> we're introduced to Ben as this guy that's like in a band and he has a cool car and Mimi knows him from like her trailer park friends. So like they're both kind of like in the same world mm -hmm. and he's the person that's gonna be driving them to California. But the only thing that they know about him is this rumor that's going around in their small town that he killed a guy. As they that's put it, it, killed a guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. And I just wanna stress that that joke worked for me every single time. I was <laughs> laughing so hard. I do not think in a way that I was like, give me more credit than it's worth because I'm such a fan. Like genuinely, I thought they performed that joke so well every time, especially Mimi's character where she's always like, he didn't kill a guy. And then like three seconds later, I don't think. Or like, yeah. it's like, a, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that is so fucking funny. 
I know, and I love when she's like, he did his time and he paid his dues to society. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's it's perfect. She's so good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And we kind of talked about Dan Aykroyd, a.k.a. Pop. Um, Dan Aykroyd is Britney's uptight and controlling father. He's very oppressive. He's hyper-focused on her achievements and making sure she does well in school. Her achievements are his identity. He's mm-hmm. helped her, mm-hmm. you know, create this, like, life around herself that she doesn't want. She doesn't want to be a doctor. And he's, like, making her study uh, medicine. And, yeah, she has all these major identity issues. She has no idea who she is because her dad has not really let her step outside of, like, what he thinks is right. Um and we learn at the beginning of the movie that Brittany uh, is estranged from her mom, but also that her dad is like very intense and weird about it. He doesn't like to talk about it. He doesn't like to expand on why she's not around. She's just not allowed to know anything about her mom. Right. Yeah. It seems like whenever she approaches the topic in a way that as the audience, you're like, of course, this girl has questions about this. Of course, she has a right to ask them. It feels like um, he can't handle it. He, he changes the topic or or pushes it down and makes it very, very, very simple. Um, and it doesn't seem like he's actually hearing the real question she's asking. Um, so yes, he clearly has some Kim Cattrall-related trauma that he's not ready to, to parse out, even with his daughter. Speaking of... Kim Cattrall yeah. is, uh, her character's name is Caroline, which I don't think I ever knew. Me neither. Okay. Um, yeah, and she plays <laughs> Britney's very, quote, I've moved on with my life, mother. Uh, <laughs> we only get one Kim scene, so there's not a lot of establishing, you know, character development, but we do know that she is very wealthy. She's She literally was like, I don't want this kid. Yeah, this child is a mistake. I don't want her. I'm going to start a new family with a bunch of kids I want in another state. And she's got this great life, this wealthy, amazing life in Arizona with her children. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. definitely the most like blunt um, representation of a of a of a parent, like not being interested in their kid it's very it's like oddly well and we'll get to the scene of course but it's oddly it's oddly blunt she definitely does not want much to do with with lucy yeah and um can we talk about how much they fucking look alike i know i know what the hell and i know Brittany points it out too in the in the following scene she's like we have the same this we have the same that and it like actually works because they they do it's It's crazy. crazy I know it's I know. crazy it's like of course you just grow up to be really hot like your mom like duh. yeah totally <laughs> totally yeah no Kim Cattrall looks great in this the yeah. outfit too is just like yes it's it's giving it's giving wealthy Arizona woman vibes for sure <laughs> yeah it's giving <laughs> how can I help you yeah what can I help you with <laughs> can I ask why you're here <laughs> <laughs> Lucy time that we talk oh Oh, oh, so I know. Oh. Um, okay, so we can get into Act One. So this is, I think, Act One of this movie is very. It's establishing of the characters. It's getting to know everybody and their circumstance and where they come from. Um, the opening scene with Jamie Lynn, you know, is this is the first time I'm seeing this movie. 
since Jamie Lynn became the devil. And I used to love this scene. I know. And she's really good in it. And the casting is obviously perfect. She looks exactly like a young Britney. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it reminded, it like filled me with memories of how I used to enjoy Jamie Lynn so much just as like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know you've talked about that on Dunzo before. Like it just thinking about her as Britney's younger sister has always been like feeling like we have a younger sister, you know, it's like, yeah. it's, it's just like, perfect younger sister uh vibes until of course um more recent years but yeah yeah I think that I've uh I think I've told this story before in the podcast I'm almost positive that I have but um when I was a teenager one of my friends had her birthday party at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because it's like okay. in our it's like in our yards we always go yeah and uh during the time this movie had just come out and they had a bunch of like props from the movie there for like a short time. And one of the items that they had that I just always thought was really cool was the box. Wow. That's like the item. If there's going to be like an item from the movie, that's, that's the inciting item. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. And I was just like, and like Jamie Lynn and those girls really did get to decorate it. And I remember reading that on the little thing and like, just looking at like the stickers and being like, that's the box. That is the yes. infamous box. And I think they also had um, Britney's like, uh, that like Louisiana Tigers shirt yeah. and like her sweatpants. Um, yes. Oh, yeah. That's so iconic. I would have just like pressed my head against the glass <laughs> after like four hours. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there actually was like a, when you put your hand over the thing, it like makes like a really loud noise. But you can still oh. do it, and then they just like, oh, come see. over and yell at you. So I would just risk all the time, like <laughs> poking stuff, and like being yelled yes, at. Be like, Sorry, yes. oops, didn't know. <laughs> oops. How was I to know? It's here. <laughs> it's here for a reason. Yeah. Well, I can't touch Madonna's comb bra. Sorry. <laughs> oops. Oh. <laughs> uh, speaking of the iconic yes. moment, the iconic moment of Britney singing "Open Your Heart" in her bedroom. Oh my god. It's so good. It's 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 legendary. It's um it's the spoon the spoon mic is iconic. It's it feels <laughs> it just feels so good. It just the movie starts off feeling like a warm Britney hug, you know. It's yeah. just so nice. And I love Britney singing in this movie. There oh. and this is this is kind of like the first one where it's like we just really hear her sing so casually and without the weight of having to dance or without the weight of it of of lip syncing or not lip syncing like whatever it's just Mm -hmm. like Britney singing freely and this is the first moment of it and it just fills me with such great joy yeah that's such a good point she does have so many great singing moments in this movie this is like I mean as a young person I know that collectively we all were just like freaking out at this moment for the, yes. all the reasons you know what I mean yes absolutely and it's yeah it's the first kind of like scene of Britney and her movie like this is <laughs> right. this is Britney's movie and here there she is and she's doing doing her thing you know as as Lucy you know this isn't how Britney Spears would dance around her room this is how Lucy dances around her room and it's 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 adorable and really 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 nice really nice there's a moment that I want to ask you about too in the first act. Um, so there's a scene where they're like walking through the hallway and Brittany bumps into Kit and they knock books or whatever. And like Kit says something like, 
oh, like you're too perfect to run into anybody. Like, like, and she says something like, oh, and by the way, you're a virgin. You're a virgin. And she's like, I'm not a virgin. And she's like, you are a virgin. Told you girls, virgin. Like, what a weird. I mean, like, it's <laughs> literally so perfect. odd. I know. Literally uh, nothing in the history of my lifetime has aged more poorly than our obsession with Britney Spears's virginity. Like it's such a, when I look back on it, it's, and I know you've talked about it on Dunzo. So I know we share that experience that it's like, it's just so weird the way that was such a big deal. And then I too am still like wrestling with what this movie wants to say about virginity and Britney Spears' virginity. Cause I also found a lot of the virginity related scenes odd, including, including this one. Um, I, I guess I just kind of took it as like Shonda basically very efficiently and effectively and quickly kind of like describing these characters um, and like the way they relate to one another. Um, and so I, I, I try to just move past the virginity of it all, but it kept popping back up. So I guess we'll have to discover it together. Like what we think was, was really going on here. Um, yeah. 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 I I have theories and obviously there's a actual sex scene later that we'll get into. And, um, I think I'll wait until then to like really do it, but I will tell you, I think that, I, I mean, I cannot grab. I can't wrap my head around the thought process of even including any of this stuff, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And it makes me feel like it's some, like it's like Team Britney involvement. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like the need to even include her virginity into the storyline is like so ridiculous, given what the news was around her at the time. Totally. And it's like really just shows that her team was always willing to put her in like the line of fire. Yeah. And allow her to just sort of figure it out. Agreed. I also, just to play devil's advocate and like throw in a thought that I had during this, which was I was thinking about it and I was wondering if Britney ever had the realization that this movie might be the closest she can ever get to helping us normal mm. people understand her life. Because we will never understand what it means to be Britney Spears and what that lived experience is like, but we can maybe put ourselves in the position of Lucy as this kind of like um, uh, shy, insecure individual who's overprotected and and is trying to uh, figure out how to break out of her own confines um, in life. And and, in that way, I, the thought had crossed my mind that this was potentially Britney declaring her own take on virginity and what it Mm. means to her which would be a rewrite of what we previously thought it meant to her because I think before Crossroads we um because of because of what she said about it we really thought she was going to try to wait until marriage and Crossroads makes a kind of compelling argument that um, virginity is special, but maybe not so special. You have to wait till your wedding day. Maybe you just right. wait for someone special to do it with, um, ideally. Um, so I don't know. That's that's like a thought I had that's too. Was like maybe, yeah, because like it's it was it was bold for me as like a ten year old who you know I was a Southern Baptist. Brittany was a Southern Baptist. Her purity ring stuff really resonated with me to watch her in like a 
a Hollywood picture where she loses her virginity before marriage, it did like make me wonder like, has she changed her mind, you know? So right. um, yeah, so I don't know, but there's a lot going on there. You it's know. really it's interesting. Juicy. It is yeah. very juicy and they it's expanded on in so many different ways in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. There's a there's even in act one, there's an almost sex scene where she almost loses her virginity. Um, an iconic scene with Justin Long. By the way, Justin Long is in this movie. I guess I could have added him at the beginning, but he isn't, yes. uh, you know, he isn't top build. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, she almost has sex with Justin Long and it's like, even the fact that that scene is like five minutes into the movie is crazy to me. Totally, totally. And, and by the way, I think they're both so good in that scene. I think their comedy is so good. I think they have, yeah. they both have a great comedic timing. Whenever he says, these are really nice sheets, I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> I I, and then Brittany is also, Brittany's really good at like staying in character, even in like off moments. Cause she even like takes a moment to like look at the sheets and go, yeah. Like, and I just like, I just yeah, like, yeah, felt, yeah. I felt their nervous energy. It just, it felt really lived in and teenager uh e so just props to justin and britney's comedic uh, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I that was really funny too and i like when she says when she says like can we go over the list again and he's like all right yeah let's go over the list and it's like the list is like because we want to because we're lab partners <laughs> right right <laughs> he's yeah super cute justin long is so god i had such a crush on him when i was younger my god oh my god same same like <laughs> he's i actually am more into him than ansel mount or whatever his me his, too <laughs> me too Just, justin long should be on this road trip with lucy but whatever it's yeah <laughs> we get the lab partner back please <laughs> exactly <laughs> um I also think it's funny, Brittany is like, so we established in the, the first act that Brittany, her dad owns this, um, this like uh, car shop. Mm-hmm. And Brittany is, there's this girl that does like a really funny, um, like TikTok parody of like the cool girl in every teen movie who knows how to fix a car. Yes. And like, it's very, <laughs> it is very Brittany in this movie. Like, you know, it's it's cool though, but and I remember being young and being like, "That's fucking badass!" Like she's yes. so cool. She knows about the motor and stuff. Um, totally, she knows her way around a car <laughs> and a car shop. This is her yeah. her family lineage in this in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. she grew up hearing. Wee, wee, wee. Yeah, zip, zip. <laughs> like when she goes to visit her dad, that's all you hear. Zip zip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. um, and yeah, I would say like the first act of the movie is pretty short. And mm-hmm. I will admit here and now that it's the weakest to me. Yeah. Um, I think as soon as now we're I, I'm unless you have anything else you want to say about before they go on the road trip. No, I don't think so. I mean, I, you know, I wrote down too just just about the virginity stuff. Justin Long also has quite a identity issue with his virginity. You know, he says mm. like, I, I can't go to college a virgin. They ostracize you. They treat you like a leper. Right. And I was just kind of like, you know, I'm 30 now. Like, I don't remember necessarily what uh, it was like at eight, 17, 18, super front of mind. I'm also gay. So I think my right. like relationship to virginity is very different, but I just couldn't understand. Like they were both, there's just a lot of virginity stuff going on in all the characters. And so- I just, yeah, I'm, I'm still kind of like hung up on that. Like, what is this movie's like obsession with virginity and how are we thinking about 
virginity and like sex in 2001 you know it's, it's baked into this pie in yeah. act one quite a bit yeah it's definitely something that I feel like we looking back on we're weirdly obsessed with mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. Te- especially in teen films like mm-hmm. the trope of guys that look like Justin Long being like I'm gonna die a virgin like all of those like tropes like yes. or you know like doing really really outrageously sneaky stuff to try and convince a girl to like sleep with you like all of that stuff was so much a part of our just every day it's so yeah. weird it is and I guess like on the Justin Long Britney scene the one cool thing about it that I thought was that like Britney starts and then stops and it's treat like starts to hook up with him and then stops before they get further than she wants to go mm-hmm. and it's treated as a, like a totally normal thing to do like she gets to just like walk away from that experience unscathed he doesn't seem to put up a fight and I, I thought that was a really beautiful way to handle that and kind of show young audiences that like you never owe anyone your your sex (laughs) you can (laughs) (laughs) no matter how bad they want it exactly yeah because he says like I'm begging you and she Mm -hmm. still is like you know she gives it her try but she doesn't go through with it and I certainly wish that I had done my first sexual experience that way (laughs) I should have learned from Brittany that it's okay to be like you know what this isn't going exactly how I want it to goodbye and that's what she does good for her yeah you're not like a loser if you're like not a want to yeah you're you're totally right and also by the way can we just like before we get into act two can we talk about the fact that this movie is presenting britney as like an unpopular ugly nerd give me a fucking break when she opens up that blazer and rocks her fucking hip to the right give me a fucking break (laughs) are you kidding we took it all we brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. And I, I know I, that's, so that's one of the things I struggle with with this movie is like, especially when she's like, do you really want your first time to be with your lab partner? And I was like, do you know what you look like? You're Britney Spears. (laughs) He's like, um, yeah, look at you right now. You're wearing this insane lingerie. Yeah. Like, where did you even get that? Uh, Yeah. And you (laughs) you're so con- like you're so cute but confident in it like you're very you're you know you you know how to work your body I will say I watched um Britney's interview on Oprah when she, during the Crossroads era and Oprah's like doing a summary of the movie and she's like in Crossroads Britney plays a nerdy and Oprah like stops to say you weren't that nerdy like mid, <laughs> mid-sentence and I'm like yeah it's, she's not that nerdy but a whatever. doily collar doesn't make you does not a nerd make am I opinion um <laughs> right right <laughs> but yeah so act two to me is where this movie comes alive um I it actually triggered something in me where I was like oh I used to read like fast forward the movie when I was a teenager you know when you have like when you own a movie and you watch it like every day as a kid you have like a weird relationship to it where you can just like start it at random times or like 
watch one scene and turn it off or whatever. Totally. Yes. I used to fast forward the movie to when they just like start the road trip. Yes. Because it's really when the movie starts for me. Yeah. It feels like everything up to that point is really just to set everything up so that the events of the road trip, we understand their dramatic levity for these characters um the road trip is where it starts to get juicy and interesting and and yeah we're like we're, we're on it with them you know it. yeah yeah and I actually think that the girls do a really I mean because you could just tell that they were naturally bonding I don't think that it was like intentional but there's this thing happening where you can feel genuine relationships building and I think that's yes. what makes this movie so rewatchable that they really did it felt like they had their own little world that they built together and when you watch the behind the scenes of this movie and see that they like were like really legitimately getting along by the way if you read blind items about the the filming of this movie yeah you will find that Taryn Manning was like desperately trying to hook up with Britney and like in love with her wow and that Britney was like into it and that they were like (gasps) really really like feeling each other on the set of this movie Oh my God. (laughs) My world is like shifted now. That's amazing. I know. I know. Wow. And that's so special. That's so special. Yeah. I I was thinking about it. I was like, this really feels like a moment that Britney got to like hang out with a different type of crew you know it's Mm -hmm. not her handlers and it's not necessarily the music industry like it's like it's these you know film people and these like women like you said Mm -hmm. that are for by all accounts that you know I've read are taking care of her and wanting her voice to be heard and wanting her to have a good experience and it just feels kind of like this beautiful like low to mid budget like project that allowed her to like be with a whole different crew that that kind of had her back more than I think we're used to hearing about. And so I I hope it was as special as it feels because yeah, yeah, it does feel like we're watching their relationship develop and and it feels like their chemistry gets stronger as the movie progresses, which makes perfect sense. And it just, it feels so nice. Yeah. And I, so we get, um, I think the most like establishing like second act scene, because it's like the very beginning of the road trip is them in the car together and they start singing bye, bye, bye. And, you know, (laughs) oh, my God, I just like I was thinking about it when I was watching it. I was like, God, Uh like Justin is like Justin pissed all over Britney's career, like even in like the good parts of it, like where they're like still established and happy and together. He's just like so in it. Like she's not like in his the way he's in hers, like he's on this album and he's in the movie Mm. and he's in her diary episode about making the movie. Mm. And you know what I mean? I do, I do. And to me, it was also on top of that, which is frustrating. It it was also a little distracting in a way that like it made my brain kind of explode because I was like, okay, so like in the in the crossroads reality. And the world of Crossroads, does Britney Spears exist? Because like my, yeah, because my my relationship with Justin Timberlake is 
through Britney Spears for the most part. You know, like I had the NSYNC albums, but I I um, would have wouldn't have loved him as much had I not loved Britney so much. And so it's like, okay, so like if Britney Spears is currently playing Lucy, does Lucy just look a lot lot like Britney Spears? But Britney, <laughs> but Britney Spears is still exists because I don't know how to look. I don't know how to enter a world in which Justin Timberlake exists without Britney, which is what it felt like I was being asked to do in Crossroads. <laughs> it's very Black um, Mirror. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know how long it's been since you've seen Romeo Must Die, but Jet Lee has a line where he refers to Aaliyah's character as your Aaliyah looking ass. And I felt like we need <laughs> I am so obsessed that that's the quote that you just, I literally, like, <laughs> shout out to Romeo Must Die. It's been a while. Yeah. And I feel like we needed like a moment like that where there was just either either cut Justin out entirely or call it out in the car and be like, he's dating Brit like Britney Spears. Like it's right. like this weird, this weird like middle ground is like just it distracted <laughs> me from being able to enjoy the moment. I agree. I was like, God, I wish it could have been any other fucking song. Any yes. other song. Yeah, seriously. Um, there's a really sweet moment where they get to the hotel that they're going to, and they're at this point like very poor. They have no money. So they're staying at these like, you know, side of the road motels that are really shitty. And Lucy and Ben are in bed on on opposite ends of the bed. They're, t- they're not in bed together yet. We're not there yet. Mm-hmm. They're both in beds. And um, we esta- we're established at this point that Ben does have a crush on, on Lucy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he asks her if she regrets coming on the trip. And she says, not so far. And it was just like this, the way she said it was so sweet. Yeah. And the camera pans over to Kit, who's sleeping behind her and just like looking at her ring. And they do such a good job of showing that she has like anxiety around her ring. And it's not like, like her whole thing is like put on about her relationship. Mm -hmm. And they have these scenes where she's just looking at it and like in panic mode while she's staring at it, but they never talk about it. It's cool. Yes, yes. There's a lot of really nuanced and like amazing, like just like shots of characters um, dealing with internal struggles and, and and interpreting what's going on around them. I mean, Taryn Manning too is does such a good job of like of acting uh, uh, when she's when her job is just to watch Mimi talk about her engagement. You know, mm. watching watching Taryn. If you know the plot, you see how beautifully she's like handling that moment throughout the whole movie so yeah there's there's some really strong shit between all three of them for sure yeah and it's cool because you can tell especially like you said with Taryn that it goes from like you're a bitch and I pity you to like you're my friend and I feel really sad yes to like heartbroken because at the end of the movie they're like sisters and it's all done through her acting that's it. She's just so good. Yes, she's a she's a total natural. She's, yeah. This is this is her medium. Like this is what she's born to do. Yep. And then they have um, another, I think, pretty iconic moment in the bathroom. Yes. Uh, <laughs> a scene sponsored by Herbal Essences, and <laughs> and it's cool. It's another establishing scene. I think it's there to show, you know, just how quickly like female friendships can like bond. The yeah. way that girls can like very quickly fall into like, oh yeah, like I can poop in front of you. I met you two days ago and I yes. can poop in front of you and shower next to you. And, you know, it's, it's very that. And I, you know, it's cool. 
It is cool. And it's also so funny too because that's also i think the first time that we get the the scene about like ben being a, a potential killer and just the way that they're just <laughs> yeah. like balancing that together it's so funny and so cute i love when um when she wipes her hands on britney's towel yeah. um that's on her body and like <laughs> and and zoe saldana comes in and like pushes taryn manning over to brush teeth with her like it's just very it's it's just so nice. It's so it's so friendship. It is. Friendship. It is. Yeah. It's really, it does make me laugh really hard. She rubs her hands on her towel, and she's like Mimi, and she goes, "They're so touchy." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're all so southern in this. I love it. I know. And can we just say also? I'm so glad you brought that up. They're southern, but they yeah. all have the same accent. Yes. That's Somebody right. told them that there are different Southern dialects and that you can't just like pretend to be whatever, whatever Southern you are and whatever, like they are all the same Southern. That's exactly right. It's so cool. It is so cool. Yes. And as a Southerner myself, like it, it, I remember feeling like they got it right. Like this is, this is, this is, this feels very (laughs) authentic to the Southern experience. The way they all say God is the exact same. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, yeah, of course, I wrote in my notes, the next thing I said was I always felt like Tara Manning was a much more incredible actor than she gets credit for. She really shines in the movie. Um, I love in the scene after they have like a fight on the side of the road, when Lucy calls her dad, because she's like, we shouldn't be together and we're not meant to be friends. And the way Taryn Manning comes in mm-hmm. and she's like, please just stay. Like, I've got a really good idea. And like, can you please just stay with us? She's so in ring yes i know i know it's you just of course you stay it's like of course if this person comes up to you with those eyes and her good her good idea you just hung you hang right up on your dad the moment he says hello which happens twice by the way (laughs) she like keeps calling her dad and then hanging up with the moment he answers the phone (laughs) Um, (laughs) which is sitting him into literal manic episodes every night (laughs) like three in the morning it's like parental torture that she's just yeah but but of course you do it you do what has to be done when Taryn Manning comes up to you with those puppy dog eyes and she's got a good idea she's got a good idea you gotta right. know what's going on yeah right. you gotta you gotta trust her when she says please won't you just stay with us I'd be like girl consider it done <laughs> oh my god say less yes <laughs> um the karaoke scene is truly what dreams are made of for a, a, a young coming of age film. I mean, right? Yeah, it's perfect. It's it's so um, it's 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 perfect, and it's so it's it's great because it's like Britney as pop star, but not Britney Spears. It's like there is mm-hmm. also a lane in which she could perform shows like this, and it be part of her life uh, as opposed to these like big stadium tours you know what I mean like it just felt like a different version of a musician like Lucy is um Lucy might take a slightly different path than like Britney Spears based off of this performance but it's like just as engaging and cool you know yeah I 1000% agree with you I think you know the kind of fame that Britney Spears occupies is like such a specific one because she's so charming and so magnetic and it's like she can pull off doing a movie like this where she's supposed to be 
even though she's gorgeous and beautiful and like so clearly a fucking pop star yeah <laughs> she can pull off pretending to be up on stage and just being giggly and cute and nervous and shy because it's like so much who she is yes that's right that's right and she does a really good job of like reeling it in to where like we really do believe that this is like the character of Lucy like finding her voice and her stage presence like it never and maybe we're just you know super um insider baseball right now but it just because like I know the critics you know they called this like you know a Britney Spears vanity project which I definitely want to talk about um but like so maybe the critics didn't understand the nuances here but like this is not how Britney Spears performs like this is how Lucy performs she's finding her footing and what she does find it it's like cute and sexy and it it eventually gets up to something that might resemble confident but Britney Spears was like at the same time as this coming out on stage like with fireworks and backup dancers and like a (laughs) thing that spun her around and like yeah it was like it's it's a different thing you know like this is a nuanced like uh this is Lucy this is not Britney you know it's so funny that you bring that up because it reminded me when I was watching this I was like oh like you know, the origin of I Love Rock and Roll, like how silly. And I know that like, you know, the her team like wanted that song to be on the album and stuff for this movie. But like, I couldn't get out of my mind the fact that that's the same Britney who I in know. the music video literally crawls yeah. over to a like, a, 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 yeah. a puddle of like uh fluid from a speaker and licks it up off the ground. Like this I is know. the same woman. I know, I know. I can't believe it. I know. And I, 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 that's actually, it's really mind blowing to think about this movie coming out after the Slave for You VMAs performance. Like, like, because, like what? Yes, because like for me, like if someone told me like, write the book of Britney Spears's career, here are the puzzle pieces, and I'm gonna like extract your memory from you, put it together how you would make sense of it. I would put Crossroads as like the bridge between Oops, I Did It Again and Britney, mm-hmm. cause it's like, it's like the movie that introduces her as like someone who is interested in being an adult artist, mm-hmm. but like it coming after VMA's Slave for You, the Britney album coming out in the midst of Dream Within a Dream, which is like such a, in my opinion, like adult concert experience. It, it, feel, it feels weird to like be like both Britneys are existing at the same time. You know, she is a rock star in real life and she's this like meek uh, Lucy character at the same time. It's really, hey, maybe a, maybe a, a doily counter, uh, a doily uh, collar does really pull it off. Cause I'm like, God, she really, I, I just can't, even seeing her with her short flipped out hair with her extensions out, yeah, I'm like, how is that the same girl who sings what it's like to be me Yeah, on the Dream of the Dream tour? Like, like what? Like, how are yeah. you tapping into such intense, like, sexual energy? Yes. <laughs> you know? A million percent. Yeah. It's, I think it just speaks to her gift as a performer. Yeah. You know, she can do, it's like the real Britney is neither of these girls. She is just like able to do them both because she's a gifted performer. Um, yeah. And I don't, I, I think, I think that was lost on every critic and the world at the time. It's just like that this is quite an accomplishment to, to do such a convincing job as Lucy while being, Britney Spears that we 
that is like basically running the zeitgeist at right. the same time. You know, it's like it's it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. I'm like the most overtly sexual person in the yeah. country at the moment. Totally. Um, but yeah, the scene is great. I mean, obviously, any moment in an early 2000s film where you end up dancing to shake it fast, like, I mean, it's great. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's such an MTV-sponsored movie, you can tell, in moments like that, when they, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, we got, like, some good music uh, budget, you know, because it's MTV. Yes. Um, I also love, I wrote in my, I know that we've talked about this a little bit, but I love, like, the nonverbal communication reminds me a lot of like Laguna Beach sometimes <laughs> mm. <laughs> of the like just looking over and like yes. eyes mean everything you know oh uh, my god a blank face yeah. moment yeah there's a lot that goes on in this scene that is not dialogue driven it's a lot of faces for sure yeah and then the other thing that reminded me so much of Laguna Beach was the following scene when they so they've got money because they won of course they won the karaoke contest so now they have like thousands of dollars they're able to get a hotel room and a really nice uh area and the minute they walk in kate goes oh they've got a mini bar like who wants some of mama's punch yes and they never say that they're drinking i know but they just want you to know that they're drinking like yeah i don't even know if when i was younger i understood that they were drunk I know it's so interesting because I I I'm with you. It's like they never say we're drinking. They never say we're drunk. Brittany does say something to um, to um, Mimi where she's like, "Oh, it's a good thing you're pregnant because you couldn't get silly with us last yes. night." <laughs> <laughs> and so like we know we know what's going on, but like it's, they just don't. I wonder if it's to like I don't know if they were like right at the edge of toppling from PG thirteen to R, and if like right. if they like said if it was that they were drinking, it would it would go over. But yeah, it's like it's they very slyly don't like admit to drinking alcohol. I know, and it's funny even to watch stuff like this if you grew up during this time because it's like we're brainwash in a way to think you know that it's like very salacious and crazy when Britney does stuff like this still yeah you know like even seeing her I was like oh Britney's drunk Britney's yeah. supposed to be drunk and I was a little like oh I was like pearl clutchy a little bit totally yeah <laughs> I mean that's that's kind of like you know like what I was saying earlier about like is this Britney like setting the rules of her own life like I'm gonna yeah. be I'm gonna drink I'm gonna have sex I'm gonna I'm going to do whatever I want. Cause it's like, yeah, like I, this was pre, I remember during in the zone, she talked a lot about like how she liked to go out to clubs and have, have glasses of wine or whatever, but this is mm-hmm. before that, you know? So she's kind of, she's, she's drinking. We're watching Britney right. drink. It's a, it's a new, it's a new image. We have to contest with this new thing now. Britney yeah. drinks. Okay. Yeah. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. That's it. Britney's had mama's punch. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> and they have so much fun like I, I know. it was so cute watching them all drink together and then open up into such a vulnerable like conversation it was like I wanted to be there so bad I wanted to pull that all-nighter with them like they were just having such a blast because this movie again it does the work to really establish their friendships and I think that's so cool like I really by this point in the movie, like, they're friends. They are really mm-hmm. friends. This is real. Yep. They're girlfriends. They are soul bonded. Like, this is, it, it's so, you're so, like, endeared to their group by the yes. time they have that moment. Especially with, like, the, 
have you ever seen one have you ever touched one ah. like that is so oh my god it's so cute no. Oh my God. I know if I had like turned my like, f- like a uh, photo booth app on, on my computer and like seen myself as that scene was going on, I would have been making like the same faces as all of them when Brittany, like, I was just like, I'm just like in it with them. Like, Oh, she's touched one. Ah! Always the quiet ones. Ah! <laughs> there's a, there's a bonus scene that they cut out of this part of the movie where they like um like ding dong ditch on people's doors wow and they do it like while flashing so i get why they cut it out of the movie because it was like yeah a little much yeah (laughs) yeah. (laughs) so they all go to somebody's door and they pull their shirts up and they flash and they have to hold it for like 10 seconds and they each have like this like a a kooky person behind the door and like yeah it's really it's really really cute i'm gonna send it to you when we're done please oh my god (laughs) i can't wait that's so fascinating like that that it kind of expands the universe of what happened in their night for me i know (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah i can see why they cut that that might be going a little far but i love it (laughs) yeah and then we get the the courtyard scene where um they're all kind of we're really actually like getting to know them now on like a deeper level like and they're opening up to each other so Brittany is opened up to them about her mom and you know she's still very hopeful that she's gonna go see her mom and that she'll want her and uh Taryn Manning opens up about her sexual assault and the fact that you know she doesn't know who well she claims to not know who the dad of her father what (laughs) who the father of her baby is um she says that she doesn't remember the night she was sexually assaulted by some strange guy. Now, do you remember when you were younger, if you like knew, like, did you like pick up on, on what was going on here? Yeah. That like, she didn't want to go. Cause like he was the guy. I don't think I did. I think that it all clicked in for me at the end. Like I just, like my memory, like the real like crossroads trauma of like being too young to watch it is mm-hmm. all in the, is all in that third act. So to be honest, yeah. if I had to guess, I don't think I really connected the dots here. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's it's funny watching it as an adult and like how clear it is mm-hmm. that that's what it's leading. I mean, it's like very obvious but as a kid, this was, I mean, this was like the others to me. I mean, this yeah. was truly the plot twist. M. Night Shyamalan, who? Yeah. This was the twist, girl. Like, the sixth sense, who? I know. Like, you couldn't totally. tell me that this wasn't the craziest. I was like, oh, my God. Um, uh, I 100% agree. Yeah. It, it's one of those, like, moments in your life that your mind is blown in a way that you, like, never forget. Like, I just yeah. will never forget. It, it's just they, they really go for it like it's that's it's just like it's brave filmmaking in that way you know it really is it's so beyond like a teen film in that way yes um after the courtyard scene we get my favorite scene of the entire film the the scene that i used to go back and watch sometimes just by itself and not even the rest of the movie i love when they're at the gas station Oh, 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 right, 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 right. Okay, yes, yes, yes. When when they when when she steals the keys, right? Yes. Okay. Oh yes. my god. And they walk out and they're doing their little like three stooges walk together, and you can tell that it's all improv and yes. And then Mimi does the moonwalk and like yes. It's just really sweet. And yeah, they steal the keys and drive iconic the scene. car. Would you say that that's the most iconic scene? 
I I do think so. Like I my 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 decision on that would be between that and like the scene of Lucy and Ben talking in those like separate beds because I just mm. like remember which I which I immediately don't like because my experience of Crossroads is way more invested in the friendship of the three than the romance of Brittany and Ben but right. I just remember like that image was pretty iconic for me because they're not like in bed together but you can tell there's something a Bruin mm-hmm. um, but otherwise like Brittany does such a good job of I also love <laughs> I also love when Brittany says, like, why do I have to do it? And they're like, because me and Kit voted oh, and you yeah. lost. <laughs> I think that's so cute. And I love that they make that, like, their thing throughout the movie. Yes, I know. And it feels so, like, it's just, like, one of those lines that, like, Shonda probably, like, sat there for a while. and like, huh, why would Brittany have to do this? And then just, like, wrote something really simple and funny just to, like, move it along. Because it just feels so adorable. And, like, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I do think this is probably the most iconic scene and Brittany does a really good job of like reaching for the keys then like turning back a little bit then going back for it's just it's very cute and very well done yeah I think that that scene is a good there are moments in this movie where it's like is Brittany's acting like spectacular out of this world like like listen I don't think that she's Meryl Streep and I know that we're like delusional but at the same time (laughs) listen moments like that I'm like, oh, wow, there's potential, like, a natural gift for her to get lost on camera, of course, yes. she's been doing this since she was five, yes. but, like, it just, that scene is, like, three girlfriends hanging out. I, I couldn't agree more. I thought that there is no way Britney could have done a better job in this movie. Like it is, and of course, like I heard myself say that and was like, what's the like least shocking sentence Michael Dozier could have said. (laughs) But but at the same time, it's like, I just don't see it. I don't see a way this could have felt more natural. She is so good. She holds her own with these two girls who are like legitimately very, very good. And now Mm -hmm. like legends, you know, it's like she does such a good job with the moments of levity and the moments of like really sincere emotion, I think. So yeah, I I think she's fantastic in this. Yeah, I think, you know, post- after the karaoke scene is where they're really, really bonded. Like they're really connected and just one, you know, they formed like a girl squad now. They've got inside jokes, they're giggling at everything. Like, you know, they're they're like one spirit. Um, That's right, yep. And I, I love the scene after all of that stuff when they're driving and, you know, they're so close now that like Britney feels comfortable just being like, did you kill a guy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's like, so you're a murderer? Or yes. <laughs> it's so good. And, and he's like, did you guys like get in this car thinking I was a murderer? And they're all like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and of course he's like the most endearing. It's like he went to jail because his stepdad was beating up his sister. Yeah. And he went to go pick her up. She was underage. And there's like a law that said that he wasn't allowed to drive her out of the state. Right. And he went to jail and uh, pro- he had like probation. Yeah. So it's like, of it's... course, she's like, oh, now I really want to fuck you. <laughs> yeah. So it, just, it just makes her fall more in love with him. Yeah. yeah. Um, his his jail time. Yeah. Everything he does. It's like, <laughs> I will say like, I don't, how do you, how do you feel about Ben throughout the course of the movie? Um, do you like him? Do you buy their kind of, courtship 
I, um, I yeah, let me know. I, I'm curious. I think that he's like a warm body in a lot of yeah. ways. Like I yeah. think that it's like, of course they needed like a guy. I don't think that he's particularly great. And I don't mm-hmm. think that the actor does like such a great job of like being Ben. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like he just kind of feels there for me. It's like, I yeah. guess you would be, you know, but I also understand that like a young teenage girl would totally be into him. Totally. You know, totally. What do you think? Yeah. I also don't like necessarily like Ben, but I do think the movie does a good job at like, Britney and Ben's relationship developing over the course of the thing, like little mm-hmm. by little, like in, in just like even that moment of like the real reason he spent time in jail being a thing that makes her see his like good side and like, and, and the way he helps her with her music. And it's like, it, it makes, by the time that they really get together, which we'll get to, but like, it feels earned. Like I, I just, I, I kind of feel like, oh yeah, I have watched these two people fall in love and like stick up for each other throughout mm-hmm. the course of the thing and stand up for each other and get to know each other. Like, I think the pacing of their relationship is, is well handled, I'd say. I think that's a really good point. And they do seem, I mean, it could be just because Britney's so charming, just mm-hmm. generally, but like their chemistry does feel authentic. It does yes. feel like he really does think that she's, and it, again, because she's so goddamn charming, Yeah, you know, it's like, how are you not like endeared and charmed by Britney Spears? Like, I think a lot of them getting to know each other off the set, all of them just translates so much into the movie. Yeah. And I guess it's I the same for those two as well. Yeah. What did you think of the scene? Because I think we're about in the same area this scene happens where he, um, where he has the, his, so, oh, yeah, we're, we're getting there. Sorry, because we're talking about her stealing the keys. So she steals the keys and they, they drive the car without him. And then mm-hmm. he, we're with him in the back seat. And <laughs> then they, when he, he wakes up and demands they pull over. And he is sort of like, I've been surrounded by chicks chicks um for you know so long now the car is the car is my one thing and i i will say like i didn't as an adult this whole the scene kind of like threw me both times that i watched it i wasn't totally sure what was happening what 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 did you make of that moment i think that they were trying to establish that like because how old is he supposed to be i think he's supposed to be uh, like I would say maybe two years older because he I mean I I don't I don't say that with authority I don't totally know and I ask those questions myself but he does say that that thing with his sister happened while he was in college which Mm -hmm. makes me hope that he's still in college because she's you know just graduating high school um and at the bar, he's like, let me get you guys out of here before someone realizes you're underage, you know? So like, right. yeah. So I kind of put it as he's like over 21, but hopefully not too much older. You know what I mean? What do I you took think? it the exact same way. I felt like he was supposed to be like it, around 21. Yeah. And yeah. that scene felt like it was supposed to be like, okay, like he's like an adult That's right. person mm. who's been in this car with three new fresh out of high school girls yeah that are like 
on another, they've been fighting and giggling and singing Cheryl Crow and eating burritos <laughs> from the gas station. One of them's pregnant. You're so right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was a real, like, chauvinistic way of him just being like, I'm just kind of fucking sick of being around you like kids. I'm so happy I asked that question <laughs> and you answered it because like now I have such a different respect for that scene because I was that was lost on me. I was just like, oh my God, like what's what's <laughs> right. he going through? Like this is so randomly like toss toxic masculinity. But I actually like totally get it now. They are a little younger and they are frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they they woke him up by like belting. They're not trying to be quiet. <laughs> they are belting Shania Twain. Brittany is like doing like crazy runs in the background <laughs> no, I when she was doing that last like no as he's like screaming at them and they and i love that he yelled at them like what eight times to stop the car and they were like no <laughs> she's like it's illegal and he's like stop stop the fucking car like oh girl you're God. on route 66 i think that you'll be okay uh <laughs> No, I thought that was really funny. He's like, the Powerpuff Girls have fucking now stolen my car. It's a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. I actually am like team Ben all the way now. (laughs) And is that that when they go to the canyon to scream? Because I love that scene too. I, not quite. I think they have the, I think they have the camping between, right? Or they go to the camping is, no, I'm so sorry. The camping is because of the canyon. They go to the canyon and they like it so much that they, they stay at the night. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So one of the scenes, I'm using quote fingers in the bonus, whatever, where you can make an, not a girl, not yet a, not a girl, not yet a woman music video. Yeah. Is britney at that campfire like a wow. scene that they didn't even need end up using in the actual video but it's her wow. at the campfire like holding her crossroads jo- crossroads journal and <sighs> i know your face oh my god i know i know I need it. this is exactly why you're doing it. this episode of me that reaction that's like that's my heart described as an image yeah <laughs> oh yes. yeah i don't know how they did that they must have just filmed her singing a bunch of like lines from the song and then just like I don't know it was weird but it was like actual clips wow. like you literally make a three minute music video it was wild so cool so cool uh um yeah. yeah I love the camping scene I love that whole thing is just like comedy physical yes. comedy Tara Manning and fucking Zoe Saldana is they're being so funny they're so funny. There is when Zoe's like, nothing's gonna bite me tonight, like relieving at the crack of dawn. <laughs> yeah. There's also like such a wonderful Zoe moment where they're deciding if they're gonna camp or not. And like it moves so quickly between Taryn, Brittany, and Ben that like Zoe never gets to like have a word in. But if you watch <laughs> Zoe, she is like not feeling this camping idea <laughs> like on her face. And it's just so good. It's like you can watch it so many times and just like choose a different character to go on their journey with and you get like a whole different experience like that's how good the acting is but yeah she did not want to camp that night yeah and i love when she i love when uh when taryn manning is like teaching her how to throw a punch and she's got her big rollers in her hair like oh my god fucking comedy physical comedy legend so iconic that's an iconic (laughs) scene yes so good and of course britney and ben like and I, it, there's something about the fact that he's like the song that he's invested in is not a girl, not yet a woman. 
He's like, it's the one. You know what I mean? I just like love that. <laughs> I do too. And it makes me feel like he's more of like a like player in, he's like a musician that can kind of like play in any band or for anyone that maybe has his own musical identity. Cause like yes. he, he composes this like Max Martin uh, ballad, <laughs> Dido ballad for Britney. After. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he also plays in these rock bands and like he's just yeah so he's just like a, he's a player he's a player for hire he's he's just a musician yeah he's like i wrote um, you this uh diane warren song i don't know if you want to listen to it or not <laughs> um and i will say that not a girl not yet a woman works better for me as a spoken word piece like when she's just like reading the lyrics i'm like mm-hmm. oh this is nice okay okay cool it is i did like when she was just reading it her voice yes. sounded so sweet just reading it. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, so that was nice. I, I had like a new respect for that song, just hearing her like say the lyrics like that. Well, then we get to the moment, the moment that this whole movie kind of leads up to, which is Brittany going to meet her mom. Um, they look like fucking twins. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> you know, the acting in this moment is also really sweet because like Britney is so truly so innocent. Like you yeah. really are like, girl, you have no idea what is about to happen. She's so wide eyed and yeah. naive and sweet. It's just, it's awful. It is. I, this is, uh, yeah. So Brittany goes to her mom's house and meets her mom played by Kim Cattrall who gives a traumatizing performance for all of us who long for more out of our mother's ability to love. Like, it's like, it is just like, it hits hard. It's like, yeah, it's, uh, it's also just like really smart screenwriting. Like the whole like idea that we would just have her say like, we need to talk, we need to have a talk and then like not actually show the talk, but let us like mm-hmm. get back on the journey with Brittany. Like we're able to kind of like fill in the rest ourselves until like Brittany explains it for us. It's like, it's a little fast, I guess. Like in moments like this, I kind of, there's a couple more in act three too that I feel this way. Like I think Shonda could have given it a little more maybe because it does come and go. And um, mm. Kim Cattrall is a really, uh iconic performer i'd love to spend more time with her but um it also kind of like you know in its economicalness it also packs a punch like it's like oh shit like we were in the house with them as long as kim cattrall wanted britney to be in that house with her you know right yeah Yeah. that's true it's like it felt short because it was short almost yeah yeah and like you said earlier i think they do such a good job of just showing like you know that Britney has her entire life like thought about this moment mm-hmm. she's always known that this was gonna like be the moment and it's almost like she walked into her house with this confidence because she's thought about it like a million times she's like I'm finally here to see wow. my mom and like you know she's going to invite me in and probably ask me to eat dinner with her and I'm gonna stay the night and like all these things like she really was like let's start our day you wow. know it's just it's really it was a really good scene and yes I guess the like the peak moment of Britney's acting, like the moment mm. um, comes right after when she goes back to their hotel and they all are like, what are you doing here? Cause she's basically said like, good luck on your little road trip. I'm staying here with, with my right. new family. My mom. Yeah. yeah. 
and they're like, what are you doing here? And she comes into the hotel and she cries and says that, you know, her mom told her that she never wanted her, that she was a mistake, um, that she has no intention of having a relationship with her. And I just thought it was, you know, for a movie that came out during that time, for a movie that could have chosen every cliche possible, I thought it was interesting that they chose the mom as the estranged parent, because you don't really see that very Mm, often, you know? Right. I I hadn't actually thought of that. That's a really good perspective. That's just like one of the many things this movie is doing that is like, defies expectations of like Britney Spears' first movie. You know, it's like, it's it's really smart in that way. Um, And yeah, I just thought that like, Britney does such a great job. Like I know you said it too, and, and that's a very simple sentence, but I just wrote like, Britney is really, really, really good in this scene. And then I wrote amazing acting. It's just like, it's just like, she just did, she killed it. I thought like, I really, my heart was breaking with her. And yeah. I also thought the movie is a really smart kind of allegory for chosen family, which is like, you know, a thing really important to queer people. And like, this is an outwardly queer movie, but it is like doing that work of like, all of these girls have been like let down by the people in their lives that they Mm -hmm. think that they owe something to or that they think they're in love with or think are their family and 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 those connections are not serving them and the ones that are are each other and it's like Britney says like I don't have a mother and one of them says well you have us and I was just like wow that's like a really ahead of its time I think like a declaration that like sometimes biological family um, doesn't meet your needs but you can have a chosen family. God, that's such a good point. And you're so right. It does. I mean, her little like gay tween fans were probably all just yeah. like mm, freaking out internally. Um, Cause even yeah. now when I hear, you know, when she's describing the situation and I, and, and Kit says like, or Mimi says like, well, now you've got us and like, and like, yeah. we're your family. Like that resonated with me so intensely. Yes. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. That whole moment and you're right her acting was just on another level like she did such a good fucking job yeah such a good job yes it's not because it's not like full-on waterworks but it's also not like shocked to the point of being unable to like speak it's somewhere in the middle and like Mm -hmm. it's what a great just what what a great job identifying that exact place in the middle on that scale that her character would be and just like stick in the landing you know it's just beautifully beautifully performed and just feels so real yeah so she she decides of course now that she's gonna come along with them on the road trip and she's a part of the group again and you know they're gonna go do the 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 record label thing um is this when they go to the beach um after a little later, later, I think, okay. is the beach. I think what happens next is Ben takes her to his surprise for her at the piano, um, which I guess is the like in the hotel. Is that is it, is it in the hotel? I was a little yeah. confused spatially as to like where. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that they uh, have like a like a, a piano in the in the hotel's like 
whatever gazebo yeah. or whatever. I don't know what that room was. <laughs> I was looking for that word too. I couldn't <laughs> find it. I also thought it was like, I, I just, I was thinking they were only booking shitty hotels because they have so little <laughs> money, but like this right. looked like a really beautiful piano room. So I was just a little bit thrown, but I'm, I'm with it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that the hotels consecutively go from like, bottom of the barrel which like is confusing because the bottom of the barrel hotel is like chic looking yeah so like that's hard but they go from bottom of the barrel to like nice yeah like gorgeous right i think that might be a production design note that we have for (laughs) for the for the team yeah it's a little (laughs) yeah yeah okay cool um but yeah we get this incredible moment i mean truly as a britney fan like as a kid it was like the moment we were all waiting for yeah um where Ben is like, he's like, I've concocted this song for you based on your diary entries. <laughs> and it's not a girl, not yet a woman. And it's like such a silly moment, but it's just so beautiful. Yes, um, it is. And you can tell that it's a very early working of the song because it's an octave lower than it normally is. And Brittany yeah. even has a moment where she's singing it and she's like, oh, it's a little low, but it's so sweet. <laughs> one of That's one of my favorite moments. Again, it's like, I just love hearing Britney really sing. And it's it just mm. feels so free to like hear her real voice and even just her like have a little quip about how it's a little low for her. It just feels so, yeah. it makes it feel so real. You know, like she's really, she's really singing. And it's so, it's just so nice. I love this scene. I love any time that she, that she sings in this movie. Yeah, it's a great scene. And they, they kiss for the first time. Um, and I'll never forget her during like the press tour for the movie saying that she had like just swallowed like the last bite of like a tuna sandwich. And then oh, wow. they, I yeah. wasn't expecting to hear tuna. <laughs> <laughs> and then the director was like, action. And she like immediately kissed him. And he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> you, you taste like sewage. <laughs> why would she share that story i guess it's like a, a it's very cute but it's, it's just yeah it's so britney yeah <laughs> um, oh i love it i love it but yeah they that moment is so great and yeah her voice just sounds so beautiful she's so charming i know I know it gives me big like once energy have you seen once no the, oh, okay it's like a critically revered indie film film where about like two musicians starting to fall in love very slowly and they have this like iconic scene where they are like learning a song at the piano and you know crossroads came out like five years before once and it made me wonder if once uh had had seen crossroads because it's like the same the same energy here um, that's funny the main character yeah. is like a little low Uh, (laughs) um but yeah so by this point we've established this is a family and they cannot be apart like no matter what under any circumstance these people need each other they are family now we've gone beyond bonded they are fucking family yeah um and yeah so that leads us into the virginity scene right um i think we are getting there i had a couple more things before the virginity scene which is oh, sure. the, which is that i love watching them drive and the cheryl crow moment is my favorite of the car sing-alongs and uh, for me this like this is what a free britney looks like to me just like hair down just belting cheryl crow with her friends in a car with the top down wind in her hair the cinematography is beautiful. It just it just made me so 
happy to see her and like this you know it was so special yeah, yeah. it is so special I, I don't know if it was you or um our mutual friend Jesse Shambliss mm-hmm. on the internet I don't know if it was Jesse that I talked about this with or you but I know for sure that Britney like wanted to make a Sheryl Crow album yes yes and you know I just every time she is I, every time she's ever sang a Sheryl Crow song it always just really resonates with me because I'm like this is what her music would sound like if she had full control. Control, you know exactly, exactly. Yeah, and like when people ask me what I think she would do musically, like now, yeah, I'm like, I think she would make Tuesday Night Music Club by Cheryl Crow. Yes. I think she would make uh, the Globe Session or something. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes, I completely agree. And um, yeah, so it feels that it feels so natural to like watch her belt out if it makes you happy you know it just it just all the math of it just makes perfect sense it's like she's in her element in that moment Um, I love that scene I love her like doing little Britney dances in the backseat of the car when they're driving I know know. (laughs) and and this is like the one that even like Ben can't resist like even Ben joins in for uh for this uh which is which is great Um, I know. And then they go to the beach and then that's where, you know, we see like Taryn Manning is like in the ocean and <sighs> Brittany's like, look at how much fun she's having, um, which, you know, comes into play a little later because we learned this is like, she's having her own internal kind of pivotal moment on this yeah. beach. Um, Mimi is. Um, and, and yeah. And so, and then um, we move into the virginity scene. Yes. yes and also I know that we're being so annoying by saying this every minute but like Britney's so damn cute on that beach I know I Britney's know. so damn cute on that beach when she walks up and she throws seaweed on him and you can tell that it was totally improv and he's like what the <laughs> hell <laughs> I know and she says why don't I do something for me for once yeah. on the beach and it just like gave me chills and she's I like know. I want to I want to stay I'm gonna stay and it's just like, I am so thankful that like now, hopefully Brittany's in a place where she can declare those decisions for herself. But um, watching her do so like in this, in, in that moment was was thrilling to hear her just say like, I want this, yeah. I'm gonna do this. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, she's like, I, she's like, I wanna see in California. She's like, there's colleges in California. He's like, yeah, there are. I, I know uh, I did I did think about that I was like does so does that mean that she hasn't been so she, oh so she would say basically like I'm going to cancel my plans to go to the college that I've gotten into mm-hmm. and take like a gap year and apply next yeah. year that's a that's a radical move that's like a yeah. bigger deal I guess than it felt when I first watched it um okay yeah wow. especially for just a cool small small town girl whose dad owns a, a car shop or whatever exactly yeah bold that's very yeah. bold yeah um yeah so we're we get a moment in the hotel room where they're all kind of just like hanging out and kit gets a call from her boyfriend well she calls her boyfriend to say that she's in la and she wants to surprise him and he's like kind of blowing her off he's like well maybe tomorrow i'm busy and she says it's fine she's like i'll see you when i can see you and it's fine and uh she's like now who wants to go sightseeing and mimi's like i want to go sightseeing uh-huh. So they leave together and Brittany and Ben stay in their hotel. Um, yeah. Stay behind. This, this and- which, was, which was another, which was another <laughs> laugh out loud moment for me when, when, she, when Zoe Saldana is like, but Ben, we need your car. And you like, you won't let it, you won't let us drive it without you. And he just like throws her the keys and is like, don't wreck it. Cause right. he's like, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> my priorities have shifted since that. Right. Yeah. Totally. He's like, I got yeah. me a girl. I, I got a girl I'm speaking for now. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they stay behind. And this is like, without a doubt, the climax of the film. And, yes. you know, the irony is not lost on me that Brittany <laughs> loses her virginity during the climax. Come on. Uh, <laughs> so Mimi yep. and Kid are driving and Mimi realizes as they're driving, they're not going to the Hollywood sign, as she's been right. promised. They're going to Dylan's apartment. And this scene is just like, I was not ready for this as a kid. I wasn't ready. Nope. Nope. I don't think any of us were. Um, and it is it only is bolstered and not readiness by how well Taryn Manning performs because we can see how panicked she gets long mm-hmm. before even before if you if you haven't connected the dots yet um, you still know that something's up with her character that like she really does not want to go see Kit's fiance for some reason that is running deeper than what is being said out loud you know it, it, it yeah it's a really nuanced performance as they're getting closer and closer to his apartment. Yeah. And it's more of that, like we said earlier, that uh, sort of non-spoken, non-verbal acting mm-hmm. where she's just sort of like picking out her nails and pulling out her hair and fidgeting with her clothes. And it's like you said, it's just her acting yes. that really helps you understand that this is like an intensely emotional moment for her, even though you don't even know why. And um, of course, Dylan is like cheating mm-hmm. on uh on kit and when she pushes the door open she sees that there's a girl there and mm-hmm. do you think that the like i guess that they, they had to figure out some way to move the story along and for her to put it together that he's the guy but like the blue beer bottle yeah i know it was <laughs> it was like uh little yeah it's like because it's it's one of the first things you see like I like I like one of my notes I'm looking at right now says fuck the blear the blue beer bottles like it's like (laughs) so evident I think that maybe that may have been like the way to get it across to the younger crowd because it's like a very non-nuanced choice you know Mm -hmm. it's like it's like boom and 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 it's and as an adult I'm like oh my god look but like this is a movie for Britney Spears fans and at the time we were you know 10 to 25 I guess so like maybe it's to clue us in in a hand-holdy way but it is a little like on the nose I'd say yeah and it's also I was trying to like come of it like super logically when I was watching and I was like well this is like the early 2000s this is like pre like um like chic beer having a moment yeah you know what I mean like maybe now that would be like a weird thing to be like oh his beer bottle was like unique right but like then people weren't drinking like craft beer like maybe if you did see like a a crystal blue beer bottle you'd be like well I've only seen that once ever you know totally yeah yeah it it feels so specific it's yeah it's it's a lot it definitely like was like (laughs) <laughs> the moment you see it you kind of like the dots just like connect like oh mm-hmm. and it's also like glowing blue it's like so the bottles are so blue right yeah yeah, yeah. I had like a Lindsay Lohan I know who killed me moment I was like yes. wait what <laughs> uh, <laughs> totally but yeah and so at the same time Brittany is losing her virginity on screen mm-hmm. and I just I know that we've gone over theories and thoughts and observations and things. 
But I just, I can't wrap my head around it because the exact thing happened that I'm sure they would have predicted would happen where it was Mm. all people talked about. It was the clip that everybody fucking played on every talk show was of her pulling her shirt over her head. I'll never forget that scene because it's like so burned into my mind. Right. And I just don't think it's a smart thing to do to like a young girl who is already battling all this news about her fucking body and if she's having sex and then you make her have sex in a movie geared towards young teenagers right it's just really dumb and it's just like again putting her right in the the directly in the middle of a firing squad and saying like okay go for it good luck yeah it is the it is the scene you know it's the one that and yeah no i'm with you it's i do think it is tastefully done like and i and maybe that's the constraints of it they, i mean they certainly didn't want to make an r-rated movie because they needed her audience to be able to see it so maybe mm-hmm. it's just the constraints of needing to stay pg-13 but i was happy that it like pans into the ocean like like past their bodies through the wind their hotel window into the ocean yeah. and it does feel, you know, like, and he like checks in with her and is like, are you sure you want to do this? And she goes like, yeah, I'm sure. So it feels like, you know, like I was excited that her character seemed to like really want it and that the movie did handle it tastefully, but I can't help but agree with you, especially because I watched the Oprah interview um, before we got on this call and like Oprah really talked a lot about Britney's virginity and and it, it this is only more sort of like Britney media to draw upon as to like clearly this is on the table to talk about because it keeps being referenced in your work mm-hmm. and to Oprah's credit you know Britney was still doing this thing where she was like I'm gonna try my best to make it to marriage and Oprah was like I hope you know that like you don't owe it to anyone to tell us if you change your mind and you can change your mind. And Brittany has this moment where like, to me, it reads like she like needed to hear that. Like, it's like a two second moment. And I'm, I'm obviously like probably reaching a little bit, um, but it feels like in that moment, she didn't expect Oprah to say that. And I just like really appreciate that Oprah. I mean, it's Oprah had it both ways. She asked about virginity and then said, don't tell me, but it was seemed a little more um, nuanced than Brittany's usual treatment for sure. It's just so, like, sinister. Yeah. It's just such a sinister thing to force a young girl to, like, have to carry around life like a ball and chain. I know. Publicly. It's just so odd. And to think, like, all of it kind of boils down to marketing and, like, being a good role model, but also being, like, tantalizing. Mm you know, as like a young Lolita. It's just like such a sinister, dark thing, all for selling a couple more albums. It's so unnecessary. Yeah. Like so much of the gimmick was so unnecessary. I know it is. And I guess uh, part of it too is like the movie feels like another avenue that Britney got to live in kind of outside of the circus of her life you know like this is like a different thing she got to Mm. do with different people Mm -hmm. um and different uh, with a different goal in mind and like got to express a different part of herself and like I guess it is a little sad that like 
it fed into the larger virginity narrative for uh-huh. her um went back when she was the real Britney Spears because like it, it could have just been nice to just like keep keep this out of like Lucy's story like Lucy's story is is, is about finding herself through finding out what she wants in life and like declaring that into the universe and like finding out how to bond with people her own age and like you know it doesn't have to also include um a deflowering moment um but that's such a good point oh that's such a good point like this should have been something that existed completely outside of the like the drama that she had to deal with in her regular career and it's, yeah. it does suck that it had to be sort of dragged into that, where it's like, now I'm defending my virginity and this character in this movie's virginity right. and her choice to lose it. And I'm not the same person as her. And I know. Oh, God. I know. That's actually right. Because it's like, yeah. Because she was still saying in this Oprah interview that she was going to try to stay a virgin. So it wasn't like she was saying like, with the release of Crossroads, I now declare that I have different views of virginity. She's still kind of forced to maintain this character. And it's 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 weird. My fav- One of my favorite like pieces of meat, like criticism on Britney is like the New York Times review of the Dream Within a Dream tour mm-hmm. written by Ann Powers. And she like opens it by saying that like, it's much less Lolita and much more uh, Vampire Slayer. And so like all of my, Whoa. I know, yeah, it's a very positive oh review. And like, yeah. I, 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 I like have, I love that piece of writing. And it just like, it always, whenever Brittany and Lolita and like her virginity and sex life and, and, and childhood like demeanor are brought up, it just like, it, it just stresses me out because like, I never was like, a, I'm just drawn to Brittany as like my vampire slayer, my superhero, my, so it's mm-hmm. like weird to watch her watch people strip her of agency and power and how they're interpreting her work because my eyes always saw her as like so powerful, you know? And so yeah. in, command of, in command of her strong, amazing body as opposed to like it just being a, a male gazy thing. So, so yeah. Oh God, you're like literally, you're writing like the first, the first eight chapters of my like autobiography <laughs> at this moment. You're mm. killing it. No, I'm not like, that is such a good fucking point. I think like as kids especially like we looked at her yeah like I would look at her body and think god she's so athletic Mm -hmm. she's so toned her -hmm. body is such a representation of like dancing like an Olympian her entire life like it's like power the way that I look at like Madonna's arms you know what I mean like it's like power I never as a kid was like looked at her as like a Lolita totally you know and it's just so um, like stripping of all the things that make her really magnetic. Yes. Like it's such a watered down description of who she is as like a public figure. Yes. And it also, I couldn't agree more. And I just want to add to that, that like, I feel like it also, I feel like this weird tension in Britney Spears interviews when I watch them, especially like around this period, where it's almost as if the interviewer has never heard of any other pop star before Britney Spears, like has never heard of Madonna, has never heard of Janet Jackson, has never heard of David Bowie or Grace Jones (laughs) or anyone who like, as part of their career as a pop star, wanted to push the culture forward, wanted to make challenging Mm -hmm. art. Like she was like, always uh, like shamed for her 
for her clothing or her presentation or her dancing or, and, and it's like being a rock star is tantalized is like part of the job is tantalizing the public and like that's right. that's what she's doing so it's just like it's it, it's it's all a part of that it's all just like kind of like making her a kid who like we have power over we get to say that's inappropriate that's whatever as opposed to being like this is the artist this is the art that she wants to give us um and if it challenges us like good for good for her let's go sit on that let's go think about it but it's it said it's like no you shouldn't have done that don't you know how many girls look up to you don't you know how many girls are like starving themselves to have your body that's one of the things oprah was saying it's just it's mm. weird to watch that it's like did Ugh. you it's like this is like post madonna's sex book this is post janet's you know janet album it's like right. this is, rock stars do this they challenge the culture you know i always chalk it up to her team Mm. I, I wonder what her career would have looked like had she been able to just express her thoughts freely. Mm. Like as a young girl, if she could have just said, yeah, I've had sex before. Yes. Yes. That's it. The, the way that Christina was able to, and then nobody gave a fuck about it after. Like, you know, it was never a question that Christina had to answer because right. she was like, yeah, I've had sex. Right. Oh my God. You know That's... what I mean? Like, it's just so stupid. Imagining, imagining Britney Spears saying I've had sex it, it just like it frees my mind of like years and years of torture it's just like it's yeah. like a whole different path she could have gone down if she was able to be that honest it and you're right it's a really weird thing to make part of her thing it, it's her her virginity it's that's so gross and restricting and weird and I feel so sad thinking about it yeah and like the emphasis that could have been put on her like art yeah. And like the reason now it's so hard to fucking explain Britney Spears as an artist to people who don't know anything about her because during the peak of her artistic expression as a fucking public figure, they were focusing on like her nipples and like how big her boobs had gotten and like just like the most reductive, like mm -hmm. chauvinistic fucking written by Dan Connor news. Yeah. I know. I don't know how we got on this tangent, but I was. <laughs> No, I'm so, I'm so grateful for this conversation. It feels like one I've needed to have for a while. I feel like I'm in therapy, like seriously, like this is so real. And it, I think that it seeped into the reviews of this movie because totally. I do not see a world in which you see this movie and you write that it's a um, vanity project that only Britney Spears fans can enjoy because that like that's just not the math the math is not adding up of watching this piece of work and then writing that review like that's right. just not what's happening in this movie like I've seen the pop star vanity movie and it does not have as much intentionality and effort in a filmmaking way as Crossroads like there's just so much more going on here so I yeah she she couldn't she couldn't she couldn't get the critical um reverence that she deserved in this time it was like it just wasn't possible yeah, she couldn't win she couldn't win even when she was winning yep that perfect. you know it's Perfectly like really said. fucked up yep um but i love so I, okay so have we said yet that i mean you guys have seen this fucking movie i don't know why i'm <laughs> acting like i don't know why i'm acting like you haven't but like obviously you know that mimi does un unfortunately lose the baby because in her hysterics of like the Dylan of it all, she mm -hmm. falls down the stairs and loses the baby. Yeah. And I think the two most like, well, 
two of the most powerful scenes in this movie are when she's in the hospital yeah. and Brittany and Zoe Saldana take turns coming in to see her. The acting is just on another mm-hmm. level when she is like telling Brittany that she would have been a good mom and that she like decided she was going to keep the baby and yeah. she's like trying to rip off her hospital bracelet while she's talking but she can't it's like it's stuff like that that makes you understand like this is a woman who is going to do like a million different projects because she's too good yes yes and there's so many like beautiful sensitive subtle moments too like when Brittany like touches her arm and she's like don't touch me Lucy like I'm already crying and Brittany's Mm -hmm. like okay and it's like it's just so sensitive and and sweet and understanding of like wanting to be there for someone and understanding how you can be there for them by adjusting like to their needs you know and it's Mm -hmm. just all three of them do such a beautiful job um yeah 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 I guess my one like thought here I'd love to hear if you agree or disagree I would be very happy to be challenged on this but it does seem like to me that like this because I've fallen in love with these three characters so much by this point, I want Kit and Mimi to have even more here. Like I, I, I want, like, you know, we all know that Shonda Rhimes can like write a fucking monologue, like, especially if you're a scandal fan. Especially like, if you're in a hospital. <laughs> the setting's there. That's right. Like, I want to see a three-pager that she gives Olivia Pope's dad. Like, I want to see that for Taryn Manning and Zoe Saldana. Like, this is, they've gone through just, like, a level of trauma, like, both of them, that's, like, layered and, like, insane that, like, I I want to just, like, be in it more and for longer. Mm-hmm. Did you at all feel like this was, like, a little rushed or do you feel like it? it's, like, it plays, plays, plays well? I did think that it was rushed and I was thinking about that while I was watching it this time I was like I want more of this scene like with that those two specifically I love Brittany and and Taryn's moment but Mm -hmm. I thought that Brittany and Zoe really deserved Zoe and and Taryn really deserved like a moment moment and the one that they gave us was emotional and great like you said it it always makes me cry and Mm -hmm. I love like before she goes into the hospital room and she's got the flowers and she like takes this deep breath before she goes in and like stops for a second because she knows she's gonna cry yes and yes how could she not yeah yeah and like for her it's so layered because it's like she's been bullying this girl and like calling her a whore and a slut and all this stuff because she's pregnant and making fun of the baby and you know Mm -hmm. judging her for her whatever her decision yeah to have it and yeah I mean it's just it's really oh it's really oh god I hadn't considered that because it's it's already so layered for Kit like Mm -hmm. she she breaks up by default with her fiance who she was in love with Mm -hmm. she finds out her fiance cheating on her finds out her fiance sexually assaulted her friend Mm -hmm. and then her friend has to deal with her is also dealing with her friend's miscarriage and how to be there for her I had and I thought that was like enough and then and it is and then I had not considered too that she's also been thinking of this so wrong the whole time and especially pre-road trip was bullying she was bullying her and it's almost like she she has to grapple with the fact that like Mimi was like such a good person about it too yeah yes like she was so accepting of her and like kind to 
her and like didn't allow her like misguided treatment of her to like judge to like uh affect their friendship like she really like opened her heart up to her and like let her in it's it was a really layered scene it deserved more time for sure yes and i think it deserved more time because the characters had earned that time because they had done Shonda had done such a great job this whole time setting them up and like we've been on this journey with them the actors are incredibly incredibly good and like yeah. I just feel like it 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 the it had earned a little bit more uh, a longer scene a longer scene with 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 some real great writing because I love Shonda's writing and I, I think she does a great job with this with this script so I know she would have killed it um yeah 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 and I also was gonna say too that I think um, even though obviously he's not like a character that would get a lot of praise in the movie. I thought Dean Aykroyd did a really good job of being like that sort of dominating presence, like the dad's here now, the fun's over. Totally. Like he was just so like, he's like, girls, call your parents, get in the car. It's all over. Let's go home where you belong in your beds, yes. tucked in with a book. You know, like <laughs> he was just such a dad about it. And it just felt so authentic. Absolutely. He like brought like a whole new vibe. Like it was like, it was like a parent free um, excursion this whole time. And then it's like, oh shit. Like this is what it's like to have here. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's really different now. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Totally. It's a whole different vibe now. The authorities have arrived. Yeah. What do you think about the last scene where she, uh, where she says, don't make me run. Just yeah. Let me go. Yeah. Again, I thought maybe a little rushed, like just like the, the whole kind of last sequencing of everything that ha- I feel, I just feel like so much happens and mm-hmm. it, it, it it's treated very quickly. The editing is fast. It, it feels kind of like a, almost like a montage more than like these scenes are given their proper weight. So like, I felt like it wrapped up really quickly. I would have loved a little bit longer between Brittany and her dad but I also love, I do love that line. Um, yeah, and, and I do feel the weight of Lucy kind of like standing in her truth and like saying what she wants out of life to her father. Like it does feel, I do feel the weight of that as it happens. So clearly it, it's working, but I just, mm-hmm. I, I, could, I could use a little more, a few more lines. What about you? How do you feel about it? <laughs> I felt the same way. I could use a little bit more <laughs> rather than her being like, wait a minute, my locket. Hey, wait a minute. Yeah. Mom, wait a minute. I'm out of here. Don't make me run. I'm out of here. And she like just gets out of the car on the street. Like, and then the movie's just like over. And like now she's like a pop star. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. The the yeah, the the Britney being a pop star at the end, or I guess that's her audition, right? So she's yeah. not because I it, it, I do think it's better that it's an audition than her being a pop star. I was so I'm proud of that, and I I feel like they have to have her performing because it's Britney Spears. But in, in a movie that doesn't have MTV and Jive Records ties, <laughs> I think we could have we could have maybe given this ending a little more cinematic <laughs> weight and less uh, less musical weight, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> they're like she's Britney Spears now. See, like she literally just is Britney Spears now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like she's wearing a very Britney Spears outfit. Like she's the she's Britney shirt ever. The Britney shirt. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And yeah. And and I, I guess it kind of works in the world of Crossroads because it is the song that Ben helped her write. So like it's 
it's good, it's fine. But then when the credits start rolling and it's overprotected, I'm like fully not feeling it. I'm like, <laughs> I know, I know. I'm like, this does not work. I mean, it's the credits, so like, who cares? But like, thank God this wasn't the official last performance of the movie. Yes, 1000%. I'm like, okay, it's time to end the film now, I guess. Um, <laughs> but you yeah. know, it just makes me so happy. And I remember too, um, I don't know if this is like from some sort of interview or a documentary or from bonus stuff, but I do remember that that last moment where she's filming that scene with the billowy shirt, um, was her mom's birthday. Oh, okay. And she cried like hysterically when she was performing not a girl not yet a woman because for whatever reason it just like made her emotional and made her think of her mom and yeah that made me sad too because a lot of the stuff I haven't watched since the conservatorship stuff happened oh yeah it's like everything just feels so different a hundred percent I know it's also just like thinking about like Brittany's interviews during this time she was just always talking about family whenever whenever they were like what do you do for fun it was always like for fun it's my family it's my boyfriend and Mm -hmm. like that's it like that's all that matters to me my career is this thing but I am Britney Spears and all that matters to me is family and yeah and this is um yeah it's it's really complicated now it's I know yeah yeah well do you have any closing thoughts though about the movie Oh man, I've had such a wonderful time, Troy. I'm like gonna be unable to sleep tonight. I'm like, I'm <laughs> so wired. I um, so I just I, it's Crossroads is even better than I thought it would be. Like I genuinely, like I said, I was worried that I had rose-colored glasses on, nostalgia glasses on, and I would come here with bad news that it didn't age well or whatever. But I thought it was just such a competent movie, really great piece of filmmaking and like super beautifully done. The journey is like deeply felt. Brittany is so good in it. Taryn's so good in it. Zoe's so good in it. They have the best chemistry. Um, And I just, I feel like it's ripe for reappraisal. You know, we're thinking about Brittany differently. We take stories uh, about women differently. We know we're we're more respectful of pop stars now. I feel like Brittany Mm -hmm. just like, these reviews are just, they just, like I said, they don't line up with like the movie that was presented to me. Like just, it just, it's not that I, I'm just being contrarian to film critics. It's that like their reviews are seem of a different film to me. Um, So I really hope people watch Crossroads. This is the 20th anniversary coming up of Crossroads. And it's such a special part of Britney Spears's career. And yeah, what about you? What about final thoughts from you? I I mean, like, I cannot disagree with anything that you just said. I think that you summed it up so perfectly. Like, I just hope that people, you know, in this sort of like revisiting of Britney's life and like how unfair we were to her and how impactful she was, you know, this is definitely a big, a big part of her career that needs to be re-examined by a lot of people. Um, yes. Because honestly, it's like, it's more embarrassing than anything that we allowed the media to control our thoughts so much in such like yeah. a ridiculous way. Yeah. And, you know, convinced us to like bully a, like a young talented girl into like, yeah, 
I don't even I don't even know what you would it's just it doesn't make any sense but you're right like the the reviews do not match this film it's not fucking Schindler's List but like it's a great young a coming of age film for young people it's 20 times better than a lot of the movies that came out around the same time that were geared towards the same audience yes and I think that you can see how unfair it is because I remember A Walk to Remember came out around the same time, which is a great movie, yeah. but it ain't perfect. Right. And it was it was loved. I mean, critics were like, critics mm-hmm. made love to A Walk to Remember. I, I mean, know. they were like obsessed. So it just proves how unfair it was and how it's, you know, it was totally biased. And yeah, you guys watch Crossroads. Yeah, please. And I just, I just, you know, A Walk to Remember led to a whole nother avenue for Mandy Moore and just like, and one that now is her dominant avenue, you know, right. it opened up her, her life. It opened yeah. up her life. And Britney Spears gives a performance in this movie that should have opened up her life as well. I mean, she is capable of more films. This movie proves it. And I, I wish yeah. that was how um, the story went and um, you know I'm extremely excited for whatever happens next for Britney Spears and I hope we're in an era now where it can be the first time that she declares the goals of her life the way Lucy does in the movie and if she wanted to act she has the fucking chops so I'm like <laughs> I'm, I'm ready I'm ready well thank you this was like honestly this was really really fun I'm obsessed with you though I'm, I love recording with you you too, Troy. It is. I, I genuinely am obsessed with you. I am so honored, to, <laughs> so honored to be here. So proud of everything you're doing, and and I'm enjoying it so much as a fan. So to be here with you, it means a lot. And uh, thank you so much for having me. So of much. course, thank you. Tell people where they can follow you and everything that you've going on. Sure. Yeah. So please follow me on Instagram at Johnny Darlin. That's Darlene without the G at the end. I'm in a band and I'm working on my own feature film at the moment, which you can um, learn about on my Instagram at Johnny Darlin. So that's where I'm at. Come, and his come music is really good and his voice is fucking incredible. So please Thank go listen. You, Troy. Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate it so much. Well, you guys, I hope that you enjoyed this. Until next week, I love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also, be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McGee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at DunzoPod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.